Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello, Culips community. Welcome back to another new Culips episode. You're listening to Simplified Speech, and that's our series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. How's it going? Hey, Andrew. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm also doing well, Cassie, and I'm excited for our conversation today because, listeners, today I'll be asking Cassie about her recent move from South Korea to Thailand. And just thinking about a big international move like that, Cassie, it makes me feel stressed out and anxious. And I'm sure that there was a lot of work and planning that had to go into making a big move like that. And that's what I'd like to talk with you about today. Sounds great. And believe me, there is so much to talk about. <laughs> But anyway, before we get started with that conversation, we want to let you know that we make study guides and transcripts for all our episodes. They're designed by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills and reach your English learning goals faster. So to get unlimited access to all of our study guides, plus some pretty great bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, visit qlips.com and sign up to become a member. We'd also like to give a shout out here at the start of the show to one of our listeners from Brazil named Thais. And I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing that correctly, Thais, but I'm not quite sure. T-H-A-I-S. Anyway, Thais left us a five-star rating and a nice little review on Apple Podcasts and wrote, You guys have such clear accents. I'm learning a lot listening to the Culips podcasts. I wait for it every single day. Wow, thank you so much for that great little review, Tyus, and for learning English with us. Yeah, we really appreciate your support. All right, Cassie, why don't we get started with our main conversation for today, which is all about moving to Thailand. And as I mentioned earlier, You were living in South Korea. For listeners who don't know, you're originally from the USA, but you were living in South Korea, working and teaching and living there for how long? For like five, six years? Yeah, almost six years. Almost six years. And that is where we met. I'm a Canadian, but I live currently in South Korea. And recently, just a couple of weeks ago, you moved from South Korea to Thailand. Actually, what, has it even been a couple of weeks? How long um, have you been in Thailand for now? Yeah, it's been about a week and a half. A week and a half. So you're fresh off the boat, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and why don't we start by talking about your motivation to leave? So I, I'm wondering what made you decide to leave Korea? First off, I want to say I love Korea and I miss it already in some ways. But um, when I got my international teaching job, like at an international school a few years mm -hmm. ago, I knew that that opportunity would open doors for me to teach in any country pretty much. Mm -hmm. And 
I knew that I wanted to try to teach in another country besides Korea before I get older or settle down and want to have kids. So you are trying to make the most out of your youth. So to (laughs) make the most out of your youth before you want to just stay in one location and start a family, raise a family. That makes a lot of sense. And so then why Thailand? Like you said, the doors were open to you to teach in practically any country around the world. And maybe some people don't know, Cassie, maybe because we're in the education field, we know this, but maybe other people don't know that international schools are kind of like the gold standard for teachers who want to work and live abroad, right? Once you Mm -hmm. are accredited and you have the certification to teach at an international school, then you can really find work anywhere, like you said. And uh, that's not always the case for English teachers, English as a second language, like me, what I do, I teach English as a second language. But Cassie, you teach content, you teach math and science, etc. through English to students from various countries, right? Mm -hmm. So from all over the world who find themselves in an international school for many reasons, right? Maybe the parents are from abroad and they don't want to send their children to the local school system. So they send them to an international school. There can be many reasons for this. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the students at our current school are actually uh, diplomat kids or um, the children of foreign businessmen that are working here. Mm -hmm, Just like mm -hmm. you said, lots of reasons. Lots of reasons, right. And so getting your certification to teach at an international school is a really great accomplishment and a big deal because you have these opportunities available. And I'm wondering why you selected Thailand. Is there a special reason or was it just kind of random luck? How did that end up playing out? To be honest, it was pretty serendipitous. And serendipitous means kind of like a happy chance. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't planned. So I do have international teaching certification. However, I still don't have very many years of experience. And listeners probably don't know this either, but because of covid A lot of international teachers in China are leaving China. And listeners know China is a huge country. So when you have an influx, a great number of people of international teachers who were teaching in China for several years all leave China at once, they flood the market. Mm. And what does that mean to flood the market? Flood the market means that a number of jobs that usually would be available are severely limited because, you know, if you take me, who has about two, two and a half years of international teaching experience, and you take a qualified teacher from China who's been teaching abroad for 20 years, mm-hmm. who are you going to pick, right? You're, <laughs> right. you're going to pick the more experienced person usually. Right. So flooding the market just means that there's much more supply than there is demand, right? Maybe for every one teaching job, there are 10 qualified teachers who could fill that position. And so then I imagine, Cassie, that it was really difficult to find a job. I wasn't too worried about finding a job because 
I love Korea. I was happy to stay there if I didn't get an opportunity. So I just threw some feelers out there, which means I sent my application to a bunch of random schools in a lot of countries that I found interesting. I learned Spanish in high school, so I sent a bunch of resumes to Argentina and Chile and Mexico. Wow. And I sent a few to Europe because I thought it would be a cool place to live. And I sent a few inside Korea to schools in Jeju Island, which is a famous island off the coast here. Mm -hmm. um, a nice tropical island off the coast of Korea. Exactly. And I only sent one resume to a school in Asia, mm -hmm. and it happened to be Thailand. And I didn't pick it because I wanted to move to Thailand. I picked it because the school looked really cool. Nice. So it was more just based on the school itself rather than where the school was located. Exactly, yes. And it turns out that that was the first school that contacted me for an interview. And after I did the interview, it was amazing. The principal was super nice. The other teachers were really um, helpful and cheerful. And they're like, yeah, we can't wait for you to join our team. <laughs> and uh, I talked to my husband and I was like, hey, why don't we try this? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> and was your husband on board? I mean, this is one of the things that I want to ask you about because your husband is Korean. He's from South Korea. And, you know, for you, Cassie, I could say maybe like the international move isn't such a big deal because your life in Korea is not as rooted down as your husband's. Mm -hmm. I imagine who's somebody who is like lived in Korea, I think his whole life. Is, is that true? Or has he lived abroad before as well? He lived abroad in the Philippines for six months for a volunteer program. But besides okay. that, strictly Korea. Okay, so he's more rooted down in Korea, but you're a little bit more in the air. You know, you've lived in Korea for six years or so and have some roots here, but not as much as him. And so I think for you, making an international move like that is kind of like, yeah, it's no problem. I don't have too much stuff in Korea. I've done this before. I can do it again. But maybe his perspective was a little different. So could you share about like what it was like trying to convince him to make a move like that? Or was he on board and down to do it right from the start? At first, he was a little skeptical because, mm -hmm. not that he doesn't love the idea of Thailand, but he very much hates warm weather. And okay. <laughs> every time we hear something about Thailand, we hear, oh, it's really hot and the food is delicious. Those are the two <laughs> things we always hear. <laughs> the third thing that I hear about Thailand is also that the food is very hot itself. So oh, yes. <laughs> that's another factor to throw in the mix. But I guess eventually you were able to convince him to go. And I'd like to know about you know, what the moving process was like. Mm. So what are some of the things that you had to do to get ready to make the move? Like you accept the job offer, you convince your husband, let's do this, let's go on this adventure. And then what? What's the next step after that? So after that, we actually waited several months because I applied for this job almost 
I don't know, seven or eight months ago, back in the winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then come springtime is when things started to kick into high gear, when things started to happen quickly. We got our visa paperwork, so I had to start collecting documents, my transcripts, my university diploma, my teaching certification, my police background check to prove I'm not a criminal and can teach kids abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, And funny enough, the hardest document to prepare and get stamped and finalized was our marriage certificate. Marriage certificate. Okay. (laughs) Why did that prove so difficult? We ended up having to get this marriage certificate stamped in two different government offices and translated. And I just found out two days ago when I came to Thailand that it needs one more stamp in another government office. (laughs) So the saga isn't finished yet with that marriage certificate. Yeah, it's crazy, Andrew. (laughs) And then Cassie, once you got all of your documents in order and submitted them all and everything, how long did it take for you to get your visa issued? Um, So that was also a crazy thing that was happening. I don't know if listeners have heard this episode, but my husband and I went to the States this summer for three weeks. And we actually submitted all of our documents and then immediately left for the States hoping and praying that everything worked out. (laughs) Kind of submit them and then just see what happens. Usually embassies are not the quickest places to get documents processed. Like every time that I've had to deal with, you know, any kind of official government work, getting a visa, getting a passport, et cetera, et cetera, it always takes forever and it's always really stressful. But Cassie, when you came back from your vacation in the States, did you have good news waiting for you? Yes, it was actually because of COVID all online. So we actually got our e-visas about a week and a half after we submitted them, which, Hmm. yes, that is amazing. That's lightning fast. In the US, it would probably take months. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Now, you were telling me before offline that maybe the speed was actually due to COVID in another way as well, because there are fewer people applying for visas due to, you know, people feeling, I guess, more anxious or nervous about traveling. So maybe the visa department had less applicants to process. Do you think that factored in at all? It could be. It's actually even easier now to apply to a visa. They just changed the visa COVID policies like a week after I got my e-visa. They're trying to open the doors for Thai tourism now. Okay, interesting. So in summary, if you're taking a look back at the whole process, is there anything that went easier than expected or was it pretty much as you imagined it would be um yeah i think collecting the documents went pretty smoothly uh my husband did have to take two emergency trips to seoul to get these documents signed but he was Mm -hmm. a good sport about it Mm -hmm. and um after the u.s trip we had about a week in korea where we cleaned out our apartment 
moved our stuff into storage and then repacked all of our suitcases to come to Thailand. That was a whirlwind experience, but that all went really smoothly too. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that as well. So what did you end up bringing with you? Did you just bring like a suitcase or did you ship some stuff? What did you bring? How much did you bring? We did not ship anything. We brought a big suitcase each, so two suitcases. And then I brought a hiking backpack and he brought a duffel bag. That was that was pretty much it. We traveled, I don't want to say light because Andrew, these bags we're so heavy, <laughs> but we didn't travel with anything besides what we could carry on the airplane. Okay. And so now that you've arrived in Thailand, uh, what are you doing for like your home and stuff? Like, I imagine you have to start fresh. Do you have any furniture or any appliances or any food or like, are you just starting from zero, starting from scratch? Yeah, so our school provided a hotel for us to stay at for a week so that we could adjust and then also look for apartments. And the beautiful thing about Thailand is uh, there are many different types of apartments, but there are a specific type of apartment that are popular among expats or international teachers in Thailand that are pretty much fully furnished. They don't have appliances and food and stuff like that, but they have a sofa, a table, a bed, a refrigerator, uh, you know, your your basic necessities. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome because I imagine that if you had to, you know, really start from scratch, like find an apartment and then go and buy furniture and buy appliances, that could be very difficult. So I'm happy to hear that you're set up in uh, a furnished place and that you can really just get your life started, sounds like. Yes, I can say the last three years we lived in Korea, we had a car. And when we got here, there's no car. It's a pretty big <laughs> adjustment going from having a car to not having a car once again. Do you think you'll get a car in the future? Is that something that's on your want list? Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but people drive on the left side of the road in Thailand, which is not what I'm used to. In the US and Korea, we drive on the right. So I'm terrified to drive in Thailand. But <laughs> my husband, maybe, maybe he'll think about it. Maybe after a while of getting adjusted to things, I think it becomes second nature after a while. But yeah, it's always a little bit different when you visit a country like Japan or the UK or Australia, or now I'm adding Thailand to my list of countries that drive on the opposite side of the road from what I'm used to. Yeah, it's a bit of an adjustment, but I think your brain kind of works it out after a little while. Cassie, I have one final question here for you before we wrap up. And that question is, do you have any advice for people who are thinking about packing up and moving to a different country? I guess I have two pieces of advice. The first one, checklists, checklists, checklists. <laughs> um, I made so many lists to make sure I didn't forget anything or I, you know, had everything prepared that I needed to do and pack and it was life-saving. So yes, checklists, number one. 
Okay, staying organized with a checklist. Love it. What about number two? And number two is just to be flexible. Um, moving and going somewhere completely new is a high stress situation. But, you know, if you take it one step at a time and you realize that things aren't going to go exactly how you planned or things are going to be different than you're used to, then you won't stress as much. You'll say, you know what? I can get through this and uh, soon it'll be second nature to me. Mm, so just stay flexible. Mm. Well, Cassie, that's great advice. And, you know, I'm really excited to hear about your new adventure here, your new life in Thailand. I get to an extent live vicariously through you. And some of our other QLOPS members were saying the same thing, you know, like, I feel like in my life, it might not ever happen for me. I might not ever get to move to a totally new country again. I don't really see that on the horizon in my future. Never say never, but I don't really see it. So this is great. I get to live through your stories and your experience about settling into a new country. But anyways, Cassie, I think we'll wrap things up. And listeners, that will bring us to the end of today's episode. So thank you, as always, for listening. And great job on completing an English study session with us. And of course, we want to hear from you guys as well. So if anyone out there, any listener has done an international move, we'd love to hear your stories about your experience. So we would really appreciate it if you could leave a comment on qlips.com or on our discussion forum or even on social media like Instagram and share your stories with us. And if you like this episode, please support us. Your support allows us to keep making English lessons for learners all over the world. And we can't do QLips without you. The best way to support us is by signing up and becoming a QLips member. For all the details, just visit our website, QLips.com. You can also support us by following us on social media, telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, or by leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen to QLibs. That's it for us for now, but we will be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See ya.